And I hope I'm into it in quite a big way. What? The incense? No, the, the, the spiritual, the spiritual stuff. The last time I felt fantastic. Look what happened to me. Got sectioned. How are you feeling going into this then? Um, I feel nervous and uncomfortable, but we'll give it a go. I feel like I'm under exam conditions <laughs> and I've got to get either a C or a B grade and I'm probably going to get a D. It's pretty amazing though that it just comes from these objects. Yeah, they are symbolising something to do with, I don't know, you're, you're, I'm out there basically. Persecution? Yeah, yeah. Do they yeah. symbolise persecution? Oh, is that a common thing that people say? I don't know, people? just asking. Just wondering about it. Well, you're not my psychoanalytic therapist. Well, not just for you. I wonder for the whole world and perhaps the microphone and the camera. What's that hammer that the judges have? Caval? Raval? I, I don't know. The microphone and the camera are the new judge's hammer. And the new court is the media, isn't it? People get trialled by the media. We're judged by the media. Modern media is the new god. Y'all can see that. Yeah. And this is recording now. Yeah, it's recording now. We don't mind. Yeah. I wasn't sure if we were just practising, you know. Yeah, just it's all practice. Yeah. yeah, so I was just doing it yeah. all... It's all, it practice. it's all practice. I, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just talking. Say what you like because they like what you say and if you like what they say, you'll say what they like. What does that mean? You tell me. Okay, so just going out there and seeing what flows. Yeah. It's all light-hearted here. We keep it light-hearted. Okay. I'm, I'm too light-hearted, I think. Yeah, I, can, yeah. I know it's a bit, a bit of humour is there. Yeah. So this is Coffee and Psychosis. As you know, Joe. I know. It's got nothing to do with coffee it's only got to do with the other thing which is not coffee dun, dun, dun. so you're uh, in, in the mental health game aren't you Joe do you want to introduce yeah. yourself uh, well basically um, my name's Joe and to give it a bit of context um, I work a, on an acute care ward as a nursing assistant I've done a few shifts in like a rehabilitation unit worked in like a mental health community centre for a little bit mainly volunteering a bit of part time paid work worked as a peer support worker as well for an organisation and what's peer support work what's that peer support work is that if you've had your own like mental health difficulties and challenges and you've worked towards recovering from those there's the belief that you can use your own lived experiences of mental mental health difficulties to help others who are going through the same situation so you can like use self-disclosure um strategies you've used in your own life to help others so what strategies have you used in your own life uh, there's there's probably so many i don't know if i could say I'm, it's, it's, it's a life story it's a book really yeah i could so, always i could always give a little few little bits and pieces i don't know how did you reckon? come to be a peer support worker i left school this, this is my life story now you're going in, we're going into the book now we're, we're writing a book as we speak left school with no qualifications had no idea what i wanted to do and then I sort of got into like a retail job, factory job. Didn't really work out for me. Ended up working with my dad, who's a builder, learning a trade. Fantastic job. Good pay. I could move out financially independent. And I just wasn't happy. I just didn't enjoy my life. I was, I was like working five days a week. I could go out drinking. And, and I just wasn't happy. And I just got really depressed. Had something of a crisis after four years of just pushing myself to work, work, work. Nothing else. And there's no meaning or purpose or direction in my life. And then after having a crisis of my own, I decided to go back to college, do my GCSE, do an access course, did a psychology degree. Really wanted to work in mental health. Done a lot of reading on um, spirituality, psychotherapy, psychology, self-help literature. You've got a degree in psychology, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did three years at university, and and yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. But um, so psychosis, what's up with that? Have you have you been slapped with that tag? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't experienced it myself. I think what it is is since like coming from my own crisis, I feel the meaning of life is basically to become who you really are. And to find out what your life purpose is, what what you're driven to do, what feels in your heart, your your your, your true being, what you really want to do, and when you follow that love, of, of of what you love working to do and loving people, loving yourself, all the doors open. That's what that's what spirituality means to me. Is it's about realizing your own true potential in this life. You went through a crisis. 
Yeah, ab- absolutely. So what was that? I was just pushing myself to do a job that my heart wasn't in, and I just kept pushing and pushing, and then something just gives, something snaps, because you can only keep pushing yourself, and maybe living a lie, not being true to yourself, and 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 sometimes I suppose mental illness. One one view of it I could say is 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 um if it is an illness anyway, because I don't really think there's such a thing as a mental illness. Oh, yeah. controversial. Well, well, I can go into that now, or should I go into that no, later? No, tell us what, what what was the crisis then? What was it like for you? How, what did that look like for you? Because at the moment, I think you're the first person that's been on the podcast that's not an official psychosis person. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. What an honour, right? An honour. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if it's an honour or. Curse. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because maybe yeah. That, that makes me. Does that make me a bit of an outsider? You yeah. know, like now look who's the thinking, outsiders. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm not part of the. The, the crowd, the yeah, in crowd, you're yeah. not part of the crazy gang. I don't, I don't know if I'd call it that. I suppose, <laughs> I suppose, I suppose how I see it is, um, well, the, my understanding is that we all go through a, a spiritual. My own experiences, I've had a few unusual experiences, but the way I understand is, we're all going through this spiritual emergence, and it's all about it's a process of letting go of all your your cultural conditioning and what society, your family, your peers tell you to be. And something else that's deeper from your your true essence, it's coming up. It's coming up to to transform you to to be who you really are. You're following your true process. You know, it's it's something that's transformed. And and it seems like people can correct me if I'm wrong, but in they, my they can't. Yeah, well, I suppose I don't know, afterwards, <laughs> um, I suppose they can't though. How could they? They don't have your phone number. They don't. Know well, if someone live. just messaged messaged on a message board on your website, I don't know. Like if they yeah, said, but you'd have to read it. Wouldn't you? Well, I'll, I'll read it. I don't mind reading. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd enjoy. It. I'd, I'd, I'd love feedback. Like, if what I'm saying is bullshit, tell me. Yeah. If someone agrees with it, great. If someone wants to email me and discuss it, I think fantastic. I'd, I'd love that a lot. So, do you think that what we call psychosis that is a part of what you call spiritual emergence? Absolutely, absolutely. So, in in one way, you're waiting for a psychosis to happen to you. What do you think? My understanding of it. It's very limited, and I'm trying to read about it. And the people I'm working with, in my own experiences. You're working with them on, on the an, ward. an acute ward. Like yeah. when someone goes through a crisis, and has altered states, extreme a, states. What are you working as? As a nursing assistant. So someone might get sectioned when they're, when they're having unusual experiences. So we could have met in a hospital, right? It's possible, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's possible. I wonder how different our relationship would be if we did. Well, I, 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 I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we'd be closer. Yeah, because I think if you meet human to human without a mask and you're caring about each other, it's a powerful experience. I, I, I see myself as having maybe one or two emergence experiences where I've, I've dipped in and dipped out. Tell of us it. what that is. What's emergence? Coming out from something? Is that it? I, so maybe I'll give you a description of like two or three, maybe two experiences I've had, yeah. which I thought was really profound. Got and it, and it starts the way I understand the process works is is to do with coincidences. Ooh. And um and, and it's been written about by people like I forgot his name, but the guy who wrote um The Truman Show. Not the Truman Show, um what do you think? I've gone blank. The Celestine Prophecy. Yeah. And What's if you that? read the book it's basically about someone who's discovered some scrolls and it's to do with um I think expanded states of consciousness and humanities reaching this new level of conscious awareness. And it's like it's trying to be suppressed by like the church or religious dogma. It's it's almost like the, it's almost like the sort of a general battle between I don't know religious mysticism and religious fundamentalism. You know, progressive change versus stabilizing, maintaining the status quo. And where does the coincidences fit in with that? Things happen, and it's it's like. It doesn't make sense, but it does make sense. Like, what's an example? Um, things happen for a reason. Yeah, things happen. It's like, I don't know, like I'm waiting for, I'm, I'm thinking of a friend and then he'll call me up. Well, well let me give you an example. Like, so that, that, that actually, was an example, right? Oh, yeah, so I'm, 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 I'm trying to think of, I know, a better art. Maybe that's not a very good one. I don't know. That happens a lot. Yeah, that happens a lot to people. Yeah, that, that's, that's probably a more mundane one. I'm trying, to, I can't, I'm trying to think of a more profound one where you think it blows you away. Did you listen to that, that thing I sent you? This story about this girl who lost a red balloon and the red balloon landed in a garden like 300 miles away from her. Mm-hmm. And that balloon was this little girl's birthday party balloon. Mm-hmm. And 
the garden that it landed in, there was a person living there by the same name, mm-hmm. had the same birthday, was the same age, mm-hmm. had the same dog. Mm-hmm. What a coincidence. Yeah, absolutely. And what's going on with that? Well, a face value, is, people could say it's just a coincidence. It's one hell of a coincidence, isn't it? But they do happen. Absolutely. And I suppose what I'm trying to say is that coincidences are like you keep noticing them and they happen more and more frequently and they connect you to something. And what's really strange is when you experience these coincidences, you enter an altered state of consciousness and it's like you're more sensitive and receptive to your surroundings. And then you start to feel these different energies Whoa. and, and resonance with, with, with people and living things. Yeah. It's really hard to explain, but it's like you become less linear in your thinking and you become more associative with your thinking. And I think Freud or Jung might have talked about it in the sense of like if you keep on free associating, it brings up your your complexes, what you have issues about. So if you keep on talking about these, it brings up all your trauma or conflicts from your unconscious. And that with coincidences, it's somehow linked with resolving your own emotional trauma. So it might not literally be happening in your environment, but it's you're, you're symbolically resolving something about yourself. So let me get my cynical hat okay. on. Okay. What if we want those things to mean something so much because we feel like the world is so bereft of meaning to us and we have such little meaning to it that we claw at those potentials for meaning? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, I think there's, isn't there a theory called the law of attraction? The belief of this theory is that whatever your intention is and you think and you feel it, the law of attraction brings that towards you. So whatever your intention is, you attract. How does that fit in with like, I don't know, diseases and stuff then? (laughs) You know what I mean? I I don't know. What what do you mean? You know, if the whole everything happens for a reason thing, Mm -hmm. then how, how come I could just get a really bad disease? Is there a reason for that? The view I'm interested in at the moment, <laughs> if it's okay to say it. <laughs> well, but answer my question, though. Give me, give me indulge me. Well, well I'm, I'm, try, I'm, I'm what, trying, I'm trying to. That's what people say, isn't it? They say well, if everything happens for a reason, then why do children die of like? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to find a perspective that I can relate to or that tries to interpret what you're saying in yeah. a meaningful way. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, okay. So, for example, what you're saying... About disease, why do people get disease? Is there a reason for it? There's like... You're on tricky ground now, right? Yeah, I feel a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> eh? It's like, well, there's one view I find interesting. It's, it's by Shiri Aurobindo, who was, um, who developed, um, was it in the integral yoga approach to health? And I think his understanding is that the mind, the, the body, mind and soul are linked together. And when they're in harmony, you're, you're calm, you're well, you feel good. However, if your mind, body or soul are in some aspect of that is in disharmony, then that will manifest itself in a disordered way or in terms of a disequilibrium in your body. And that only by treating the origin of that disharmony will that bring your mind, body and soul into harmony. And that if you just treat the body through, I don't know, medicine, surgery and so forth, unless you get to the root of um, the disharmony... That will keep manifesting itself either through your mind, body, or soul. What do you think cancer is then? What is cancer? Is that a disharmony? Well, what, <laughs> is, it, is, is it? What, what is cancer? What does, it, what does it do to the body? It kills it. So is that is that a harmonious thing to do to your body? No. So, but it's not something you're doing to it, is it? it? Just gets you don't have you know you don't have any control over it. You're powerless to a lot of disease, aren't you? Well, what is, isn't there isn't one definition of disease where they say dis-ease? Yeah. It's when you're not at ease. Those things are silly, though. That's, you know what I mean, right? So If I'm like, uh, say I just die of a heart attack, mm-hmm. why did that happen? Well, were you under a lot of stress? You're in a lot of dis-ease. I see what you did there. Yeah. Do you, know, you know what I'm saying, though? I'm not sure. My example, a child dies of, say, like a parasitic wasp burrowing into their brain or something like that. Is that their fault? Is that some harmony they should have um, not let slip into a disharmony? 
I don't know how to answer that one. That, that just sounds like a really tr- terrible, well, tried, tragic uh, thing. Yeah, exactly. So why is and that, that... And that depresses the hell out of me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so that's what we're dealing with, isn't it? If we're being that ultimate about things that happen and we're saying that everything happens for a reason. For me, it's not important that everything happens for a reason. It's... Some things it's, happen it's, for a it's, reason. It's, it's interpreting it that it has a reason. And if you interpret it has a reason or there's something you can learn from it, that gives every experience meaning and purpose. Man's search for meaning. Absolutely. Holds no bounds, does it? That's what that's what resilience and strength and courage comes from. Meaning. Yeah, because meaning is goal-directed. Gold? Goal-directed. Goal oh, goal-directed. Yeah. Well, that life... But basically, if you feel you're going in a direction, you feel more meaning and purpose in your life and vice versa. Is it just an illusion? Well, if you feel empowered and you feel more loving more free and more liberated what, what is what is delusional if I can be happy fulfilled and I can express love and emotions who's defining what is delusional what isn't delusion it's your job isn't it in the hospital right do you have to do that the, the consultant psychiatrist who makes those decisions makes an assessment on that you have to support them though right well my understanding is I'm a nursing assistant which means I'm a support worker and if someone's been assessed of, of being at risk to themselves or others do you feel uncomfortable talking? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a sensitive issue because I have a lot of empathy and compassion, I feel, for people on both sides of the system. It would be interesting to talk to you about what it's like being on the other side of um, madness, in a way. Because, what you know, you've worked as a peer support worker, being depressed and suffering with depression and that sort of thing. And then having my colleagues who have gone through psychosis yeah. or other forms. And of... now you find yourself working on the other side of, of that. And, and as much as I, I'd like to hope that we, we didn't have those divisions in that, like, I'll, I'm a patient and I'm a, and this person's like a psychiatrist and there's a divide, I, I'd rather we didn't have that. We can meet in the middle, though, can't though, we, John? They are there, though, aren't they, those, those divisions? I'd rather they weren't there. But at the end of the day, the power lies with the person on the other side. From my point of view, if I was in hospital and you were a nurse, mm-hmm. you would be in the position of power. And I'm not saying that you want, would want to be in that position of power. That's just kind of how it is, you know? Do you know what I mean? I kind of know you mean. Because I can't leave. So, so you, can't, you can't leave. Yeah. So, so, I'm, you, so, I'm, so, I'm, so I'm in a position of power because I can leave. Yeah. So, I, so it's almost like I'm I'm there, but I, I can leave. It's just like that. Just that, like that. Yeah, yeah it's okay. exactly like that, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Because that's it feels. That's why I thought it'd be good to talk to you about because you're on the other side of it, and I like to like hear more about what it's like to be on the other side of it. Like, yeah, sure. To have to sort of deal with that. I suppose my understanding is that the, the psychiatry, the consultant psychiatrist, makes an assessment of. Um, I don't know, for example, if someone's going to be under section and in what ways, and then we, we support people through that crisis until they stabilise what they're experiencing and then they get discharged and we support and help them through that. Do you feel uncomfortable about any of the things that um, happen under that moniker of treatment and stuff? Well, yes, it can be, it can be very emotional and very <laughs> See, upsetting. You're, you're thinking very carefully about what you're saying you don't want to get in trouble, right? Yeah, 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 that makes absolute sense, absolutely. But why is it that, it's, you know, you could get in trouble? Because Some... you're not going to say anything that's really mean, are you? You're not going to say anything... Well, I think it's... You're, you're a nice person. Yeah, yeah, true. But I suppose what it is, is it's, it's respecting people who work in those professions, that they're trying their best and they're doing what they can, while also respecting the patients who are in under, under section or they've had experiences. Can we do both? Well, absolutely. Can we? Can we really? Well, isn't isn't that how you reform it? Well, I think at some point, so everyone's getting something out. Who of it. are we there for in the first place? Why are we there? Well, I, I hope for um to help the people. the patients, the yeah. people recover from their difficulties. So shouldn't our loyalties be to them at all costs? At all costs. Yeah. So if the whole point of having a mental hospital is to help people going through mental health problems, absolutely. Then the first people we should be trying to respect. Are the people in there? Right? Absolutely, makes hundred so percent. You know, sense. if we're going to say something that's going to annoy the people working in there, if it's to, in in favour of the people we're there for, what's the problem? Yeah, it makes sense what you're saying because basically, it's about meeting their needs and what they want and how they feel, and doing what we can do to to meet those needs. Because basically, 
I don't know. I don't know. In a sense, you can almost say they're they're the customers. Mm-hmm. The staff are being paid to meet the needs of the the, the 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 customer. Yeah. So our our allegiance is to the customer, or is it to the business? <laughs> it's funny. Like uh, you don't mm. want to say anything that could be misconstrued as being negative towards the system you work with, right? I don't know. It's it's really difficult because when I work and I find that. In my experience, people work really, really hard in, in, in the services, like really hard, like above average in terms of work rate and how diligent they are and how much they care. And sometimes I feel they work so hard and they haven't got the resources or the staff and sometimes the training to do the best of their, the best they, they can possibly do. And, it, and it's very difficult. And, and these people really do care because I, I think you wouldn't work in nursing or in a care profession if you didn't have above average empathy but there are and, and, people that you wanna, and you want to help, help people. There are people that don't seem to show much empathy though, right? Well, I, I suppose, I suppose <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, you know when you've got that urge to bite your tongue because you don't want to say anything that could, well, could offend well, well, someone well, the way, well, is, the, are you biting yeah. your, the tongue for you are you biting the tongue for the staff the system or is it for the, the, the people in in the hospitals well I guess I guess I'm trying my best to empathise and see it from, from both sides, sides yeah. yeah and, but and be can't, fair you can't though can you not you personally but is it possible that's well, what I wonder well I suppose, I suppose well I suppose one example you say like not everyone's empathetic in, in my experience when those those situations do happen it can be because the workload there's so much to be done and there's so much stress is to be done and people are doing so much that it's like um I don't know what they call it they call it like like burnout or mm. care fatigue, care work of fatigue, work fatigue yeah. um Emotional isn't, burnout. Isn't there some sort of secondary trauma you can have, or second? Uh, you sort of you support and empathise with people a lot. You know, some people are going to be like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true." But I was, I was just, I'm just sat here with sides. needles in my ass, and these people were like, "Oh, I've got too much work on." You know? Yeah, yeah, true, absolutely. It's it's not it's it's not it's not right if they feel they're being treated in the wrong way, and it's not fair. Do you feel like you're the culture that you work in? is sort of um, washed off on you. Oh, what does that mean? Like the culture of awards staff. You can't do anything risky. You can't do anything unsafe. Well, I, I suppose you need to follow certain um, <laughs> protocols or rules. And how do you feel about following those rules, those protocols that say you have to do things that probably make you feel a little bit uncomfortable? Yeah, it's, it's a hard question. To, it's, hard, it's hard to answer that one. Because I think the way I see it is that you want to care as much as you can for people. I can sense a butt coming. Yeah. <laughs> however, however, you feel limited. Sometimes you can feel it, it, the certain rules and, and procedures can feel you're limited to do that sometimes. And then other times you have more freedom to do that. It's a whole system of people working together, like management and staff, and different levels of that. And you you can't make the big decisions. It's, 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 it's a systemic way of working. It's not one or two people who make those decisions, in my experience. But they carry them out, though. And, and who's that? Even if they're not responsible for creating the protocols and procedure, it still takes someone to carry them out, doesn't it? Yeah, true. So they have to take some responsibility for it, don't they? Yeah, it makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely. Am I grilling you? Yeah, I feel, I feel they're <laughs> difficult questions to ask. Answer, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not saying there is an answer. I guess if I was, I wouldn't ask. Yeah, and, and, and I'm trying my best to answer. I'm just trying to think how I can answer it in a way... You don't piss anyone off. Yeah, 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 That that's one thing. And It's all right to piss people off. Sometimes you need to piss people off. Yeah, true, but I think what I'm trying to say is that I'd love, I'd, I'd love working mental health. I'd love it. And I love seeing people get better and recovering, and I love those connections you make with people. And it's and it's a real it's a it can be a really humanising experience when I feel human, and they feel human, and you're in that interaction, and it's something transformative. Like when you see yourself in others, and others see themselves in you, your basic humanity. Something shifts, changes. Like that mirror thing you were talking about earlier, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I, I never got fully into what I was talking about that earlier. Actually, yeah. Do you want to go into the mirror thing? You, you you have coincidences, but you have like several coincidences in a row. So, for example, let me let me give you an example. Like, I, 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 I can't really think of it. Well, I can't think of it, but I think it's probably too personal, so I won't go into it. But it's just like a cluster of coincidences, and they all link up and they connect somehow in some mysterious way. And then and then like you feel you're on your path in the right direction, and then you feel this energy of love, and you feel really good. 
and you resonate with people and then you feel because you're in this altered state you can resonate with other people around you like you intuitively know what to say or what to do to connect with those people and you feel like connected to everyone around you and it feels you're a part of the greater whole and it feels fantastic and then you almost get so into this state it almost becomes quite an ecstatic experience and you've got to be a bit wary that you don't lose your footing off the ground and it feels almost like an emergence or an awakening experience of consciousness you're woke right in, in, a, in a temporary way you're woke aren't you I, I'm not sure. I've, I've, <laughs> I've, I'm, I'm quite ignorant of these these states or what's going on. Got to be all these coincidences happen around us all the time. We don't even see them, right? Because mm. we yeah, don't, we don't yeah, take in yeah. everything, do we? I don't know if it's Aldous Huxley who said it. Is that with his experiments with um, mescaline? Is he said he came to the conclusion that the brain is? Um, I think he called it like a mental filter that it filters out all the information that right. comes into your your mind. Okay, yeah. So basically, in, like... In, in terms of, like, what you could see, hear, yeah. smell. And I, and I don't know if quite more recently, um, the psychiatrist um, David Nutt did an experiment on... Professor the, Nutt? I think Professor Nutt. Is he a psychiatrist? Did, I'm sure he is. He's he, the guy that did all the, that drug research for he, the British government. Yeah, and you're right. he came out with the illegal drugs are nowhere near as bad as cigarettes and alcohol. They, they fired him. Yeah, that, that's the one, yeah. 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 And he basically did a study on, I think... Um, the use of psilocybin, yeah, hallucinogenic from, from magic mushrooms. That's what that's from, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Not that I know anything about that. I think he was expecting, um, when he did a brain scan of the, the participants of this experiment, that they would have um, higher blood flow um, in the brain. But what he discovered, what he discovered was actually the reverse, I think, that they had reduced blood flow in parts, certain parts of the brain. So what it suggests is that what the drug's doing is actually shutting down certain parts of the brain, which as a consequence might actually lead to a greater expanded consciousness and information that's being processed by the mind. That the mind actually restricts what you're aware of. Yeah, I think it has to, doesn't it? Mm. Otherwise we just go crazy. There's too much going on around us. Yeah, and, and, and I don't know if what's called a spiritual emergency or a psychosis has something to do with there's so much information yeah, that needs to be that. processed that it's almost like your conscious personality can't tolerate it. So breaks down and then has to go from breakdown to break through mm. to restructure or organise, reorganise your sense of self. Reset button. I, I don't know if it's a reset. Eject button. I don't know. It's, it's like a, I don't know. It seems to me it's, it's like a... Volcano. Maybe, but like it's like it's like, it's almost like this. It go it goes through a process of chaos and order. The brain throwing up. I don't I don't know if, I don't know if Jung would call it something like <laughs> like um. I'm sure he's got a bad. Like it's almost like phrase. basically it's like there's so much that's been repressed in the unconscious. The psychosis is almost like everything explodes. It ejects from the unconscious and and. and yeah. and floods your consciousness. Yeah. So it's like a waking dream, and all your sort of trauma or issues or or who you really are that's all coming out in a mixed up way this is so much of it and it's trying to reintegrate itself in, a, in an accelerated way over a three or four to six week period do you talk about this stuff to your fellow nhs colleagues what do they think about this stuff i mentioned it to some people yeah. and, and some people are open to it yeah that's good yeah. to hear yeah I feel like Jung, he's like, it's not Jung, is it? But I like to say Jung because it annoys people. <laughs> oh, with the J, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like, oh, I used to always call him Jung. And they then, come along and they're like, yeah. oh, it's Yong, actually. And I'm like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's quite funny, so actually. what Jung said. I got, I got that exact thing when I remember going to a Cezanne um, you really exhibition. You with it. I like pronouncing words how they're not supposed to be pronounced, you know? Well, not getting it exactly right or yeah, perfect. Yeah, it really annoys people. So you like the fa- fallibility of language? I do. I'm a big admirer of language and its flaws and its um, utilities. Like roof. It's not it's not a nice word to say, is it? That's how you're supposed to say it. Roof. What about this? Roof. Alright. Hmm? What was the second one? Roof. Alright. That, um, that almost sounded like a dog barking, I thought. Roof. 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 But it feels nicer to say, doesn't it? Do you think? Roof. Roof. Not Ruth. Roof. She's got nothing to do with this. Okay. Roof. Up on the roof. Up on the roof. Anyway, I was going to say, Jung. I feel like he is a bit of a hippie, isn't he? I don't know if I don't know if he's a hippie, but I think he's 
work hormones. It just preceded the... I think he died in the 60s and it preceded the counterculture movement. And he was doing a lot of work, I think, exploring Eastern spirituality and integrating it into the Western psychological and psychotherapy model. Because I'm not really on the spiritual stuff. But actually, a lot of what he says, I click with straight away. So what is it about the spiritual kind of thing you don't like about him? On that note, should we have a break and then we come back and you can grill me about that? You can, <laughs> you can, we can twist it. What do you think? Okay, fine. Yeah, 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 sure. Okay, so we're back from the break now. We were having a really good conversation during the break, weren't we? Uh, it's a shame you guys weren't there for that. Sorry, listeners. But uh, what were we talking about, Joe? We were talking we were, about oh, spiritual we, stuff. Oh, yeah, spiritual emergence. Yeah. And you were saying how... I, I'm, not, I'm not big on you're the, not a big on the fan of the language and stuff. Yeah, because I don't really understand it. But then what I really liked what you did say, you said something about cultural you see it more as a cultural crisis and i really like that a cultural crisis a, a philosophical crisis yeah and then that makes absolute sense to me because what happens in a crisis well, maybe maybe non-psychotic crisis or a psychotic crisis well, when we say yeah. crisis just for everyone else out there we're, we're talking about what what a lot of people would call psychosis or a breakdown yeah or a breakdown there's like a cultural conditioning as a from a child that you're conditioned to be a certain way to live out a certain role and this has benefits in the sense of trying to adapt to society and to conform to society but the problem happens is if you lose the true essence of who you really are as a person and if there's a real disparity between the social role that's been culturally conditioned and the real essence of who you really are as a person that can lead to a crisis so in some ways the crisis is a bit like your body and your mind are just rejecting all this stuff that's been forced into your face since birth. It, it could be. Well, maybe it's that it doesn't help you. It, you're, you're adapting, but you're not fulfilling your true potential as a human being. And that what seems to happen is that by going through this emergence experience is that you're reorganising who you are and how you function in the world. So there's less of a disparity between the role you're acting at in life and who you are as a person. They're closer together. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense, yeah. Because I think, I don't know if R.D. Lang called called it a false self, that you sort of develop a persona yeah. that you put out to the world so you feel your vulnerable, transparent, true self inside you doesn't get hurt. Is that the mask stuff? It's like a social mask. That we wear different masks. Well, I think Jung called it a persona and I think R.D. Lang called it the false self. And I think that was a development upon something that Winnicott wrote about the false self. You're very well read, aren't you, Joe? Very well read. I, I try to work hard to read things that I think are important. Yeah, I do enjoy my reading. But, but there's always something I've missed and haven't done. And then also, and also just to add, add to that, there's there's a concept by, um, I think it's Gerard, I think his name. And he wrote a book called The Transparent Self. And that's what I see as the essence, like who you really are. And through self-disclosure and authenticity, this transparent self vulnerable self comes through that's 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 part of the emergence i think that's part of who you really are i felt like i found out more about who i was when i went crazy or had a crisis i felt like i was getting to know where my mind and in turn me could go you know what i mean like how how crazy i could really get i felt closer to myself when i was in that sort of frantic mania just overload so there's something really real and authentic that's coming out it was just it was, i'd never felt more alive well so you felt like enlivened by this when you felt like yeah. you would you reach your full human potential like you, you're in a state of self-realization without all the nonsense and false yeah. beliefs and expressions of who you are all the fakeness and yeah it sheds all that all the conditioning yeah. Yeah, all, the thing, all, all the things that you, you, you're you told you should do, you should be, you should act, all that was no of no importance. You didn't need that social validation to be something you're not. Yeah. You could be freely yourself and not care about what anyone else thought you. You had complete self-acceptance and self-love of what you wanted. Yeah, I don't know, complete. I'm not. I'm, I'm a bit non-committal, so I'll never, I'll never be like... Never that completely. That right. But it sounds, like, it sounds like a really powerful experience like it's, it's almost like a really there's almost a sense of optimism I don't know how to say optimism but like oh yeah like, definitely optimism yeah, yeah yeah definitely yeah like, like nothing is impossible like I, I've, I've I've realised that there's this powerful thing that I can sort of unleash in my head that makes me feel 
invincible that makes me feel like I could accomplish anything that I don't even need to sleep I don't need to eat I don't need to put shoes on I don't need to wash up I can just throw the plates on the ground and, and it doesn't even matter just a complete sense that nothing mattered and that I could that the world was just a massive lie that everything I'd previously believed so basically was that, a lie. so it's almost like the whole world's an illusion and a lie and everything that you are is real and true and because everything outside of you is fake and inauthentic and a distortion it's a it doesn't matter what matters is who you are your essence and who you are yeah. while you're living in the world I think were we talking a little bit about outsiders yeah that was brilliant I remember that yeah. and that's that something I sort of thought a lot more about recently in terms of why I sort of went went through that I had a bit of a light bulb moment when I heard about you know people who feel like an outsider in society they they're far more likely yeah. to go through those should, should you mention that like some of the concepts or the stages of that I mean I don't really know anything about it formally I just that idea I was like yeah I feel like that's how I felt a lot sort of growing up was like on the outside of things and it's sort of all those. You didn't you didn't quite fit in yeah. and yeah I never never felt like I fit in I, don't, I never really I'm, I'm not really that bothered by by that now but when I was younger growing up I was really like well I don't fit in here so, anywhere So when you felt you couldn't fit in was that because you were because you'd been authentically who you were and you felt rejected for being who you were or was it that you were acting in a less authentic way, so you couldn't connect with people. I just felt that who I was, the, you know, me as a person, John, didn't fit in anywhere in this world. And you were being true to yourself, expressing who you really were? Did you share your own thoughts and feelings to the I world? I don't know if I was really thinking about it in that way. My concept of myself when I was at school or college, before I sort of went crazy, very reserved and just didn't want to put myself out there. Because so, so, I didn't feel like... So it's almost like you felt whatever place. whatever there was inside of you, you'd feel that'd be rejected or invalidated yeah. if you expressed who you really were, that it wasn't safe to do that. Yeah, because when I had before, I felt I didn't fit in, I think, so quite So it's almost like you had to sort of put on a front or, or withdraw who you were because anything you'd let out that was vulnerable, it would be hurt. Something like that. And then over time, if you keep all who you really are inside, inside... It's going to do something to you. It's, it's it's yearning to come out. Yeah, and I was angry. Found places where I did fit in, but in ways that were sort of outside of the main part of the world, or what you think of as the main part. Well, you of the mean world. mainstream yeah. society? You felt more drawn to counterculture. Yeah, I guess so. Situations yeah. and like alternative things. Pesky kids, skateboarding, yeah. stuff like that. Not going to school. I hate school. School was terrible. It's yeah. like just dread constantly. Yeah, so you just hated school. It just didn't work yeah. for you at all. What's the What's the deal with the outsiders? Is there some sort of formal theory on yeah. this? I just feel a bit. I just want to acknowledge. I just feel a bit sad. I feel <laughs> like what you're saying. I feel a bit sad and upset. What you're saying. But I'm okay. I'm okay with it. People want to feel like they belong. I found places where I do feel like I belong now, so I'm all right. Do so you feel able to express or connect your who you really are, the authentic, the authentic self, who you are, in a way that you can reach out to others and they can value you and appreciate you for being you rather yeah. than something you're not maybe I don't know what do you think do you think I do I think yes and no it's like a mixture because like you kind of do but you're sort of conflicted too yeah gotta keep myself in check after all right? it's almost like you put yourself forward but then it's like is it safe to do so I've got a question it will be sceptical because basically could the same happen again like in the past and I've got to I've got to be I've got to make sure I'm, I'm safe or in control because I don't want to go back to where I was before. I do have a feeling a lot of time that, in, not not right now or when I'm talking to people sort of casually like this, if I say something, it could be really bad. Yeah. You know, like if I say the wrong thing. But that's what's really interesting though, is you sometimes, because I almost think you say that, it would be the wrong thing. But sometimes I'm talking like, you say the wrong thing in quite an assertive, abrupt way. What, to me? Almost, yeah, I do. To, to almost provoke it. It's almost yeah. like... I can't contain it all the time. Yeah, it's almost like you, you fear that. You, it's, almost, it's, it's, it's courageous in a way, because it's almost like you're almost saying like... I fear something so much I'm just going to go there and do it anyway and take that risk and put it out there yeah, and I, see what I like happens to, I like to challenge myself like the whole thing this whole spiritual stuff I'm not into it that's why mm-hmm. I'm I'm talking to you more about it because I'm trying to understand what it's all about yeah like because I've got people at home listening to this with their foot up by the fireplace they might be thinking 
you've got dreadlocks and stuff like that right now. They might think you're a hippie. Mm-hmm. You're rolling around with a portable sort of incense wagon or something, mm-hmm. right? Well, I'm, I'm quite a boring person, really. Oh, quite, come on, don't be so hard on yourself. I don't know. I just like to think I'm quite an ordinary guy. I don't know, but I don't know what you think. The spiritual stuff, I've got quite a stigma towards it, I think. And I, and I hope I'm into it in quite a big way. What? The incense? No, the, the, the spiritual the spiritual stuff, like becoming who you are, like it's all a journey of self-discovery and being who you really are. Yeah. And going where the love is. That's 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 my basic philosophy, is, is going where the love is and then if you feel you're you're moving away from love, what you love doing or feeling loving who you are, you, you're not on track. And if you are, you're on track wherever you're going. Yeah, but how do I know where the track goes? Well, because you love what you're doing. If you love your work and you love the people you're around, just keep following that. And things will work out. I'm just following it. Even again. It's following the energy, the, the good feeling. Like, were you doing that when you felt bad and you felt you didn't fit in? But then I'm just doing what the energy wants me to do rather than what my true self is telling me to do. But isn't that the same thing? The true self is the energy. It's, it's, know, it's the not. emerging. It's the emerging of who you really are. But what if you get to that and then it's like, oh, I don't like this guy. But the, the way I see it is that you say you don't like it. I don't like this guy. That's the, condi- <laughs> that's the conditioning. That's the conditioning that society's telling you. To hate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, oh, okay. whereas, whereas if you're loving yourself, you're like it. You're you're actually being true and offended yourself. You're discarding the conditioning, the shame-filled feelings is based on the condition of what you're told to be and what you should do. And if and if your true self doesn't conform to that, and I'm not just being conditioned by what the incense sellers tell me. Or? Well, if you're feeling more love towards yourself and, and towards other, who yeah. cares? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You can't. I don't know. You can't quantify either. I remember you can quantify do you know what I mean you can't put it in a box it, it is what it is it's, it just feels amazing I'm, I'm glad people love it I'm all, for, I'm all for feeling fantastic yeah I'm yeah, I don't know if I am am I up for feeling fantastic I don't even know it is scary I think yeah. I think accepting love is, is the hardest thing isn't it I think that's one of the hard hardest things in life the last time I felt fantastic look what happened to me got sectioned and then what do you think if you didn't get sectioned, what would have happened? Don't know, we'll never know, will we? Could you predict what, what you think would have happened, or what could have happened? Or what you would have liked to have happened? Uh, yeah, I guess I know what I would have liked to have happened. Just not, not be, um, probably not go to a hospital for a start, and then maybe go somewhere nicer than a hospital. So what would, what would that be? What, how, just, you know, just so people who just are listening. Like a, a cabin in the woods, or something. That sounds a little bit like a horror film, doesn't it? No, no, I think it sounds... Well, you're, it sounds Maybe like, by a lake. It sounds a bit like a retreat. Yeah, it sounds like, like that would be much nicer, I feel. Like, to get away from all the stresses... Just all the signs. All the stresses and pressures of life. Just and, all the sort of emblems of society. Just get rid of all that for a little bit. Just... And get back to... We yeah. connect with nature. Not ne- Yeah, I do love nature. I love going to the forest and just hanging around and looking at trees and stuff. But I don't know if I feel a connection to it. I like looking at it. I like looking at a mountain and being so, so, like, "Whoa, that's big." So, so what is it? So, what is it about being close to nature or being with nature that that appeals to you? It's just more simple, and um, I was going to say more forgiving, but forgiving. Yeah. Well, it sounds almost like getting a bit <laughs> spiritual there, John. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, it, but you couldn't. Well, God, you know, I'm going to start. There's stinging but, nettles and wolves. And, and stray dogs and cats yeah. and did you notice that you're almost like fox hunters. there's almost like a bit of spirituality it's like I find nature more but, forgiving and then and then it's sort of this inner critic in your head almost sort of said you wanted to dismiss that experience that joy that gratitude that love you know that was beautifully unfolding that's just not how I look at it though but you did start there was there's a shift there and then you sort of prevented it if that's what spirituality is then I'm on board yeah but it seems you said nature was getting more forgiven and then did you notice that that critic came in and sort of destroyed it did you well, notice I was wondering that if forgiving was the right word that's what it was can we start from that again like where you got to forgiving yeah. and follow that and then see okay. where it goes without criticising take it. two okay take two so yeah I feel like nature is more forgiving yeah okay can but you, can you what no, I was no, going to say no, no, the, the I fo- was going to say but no, without the but don't say, but say because I there's fight, bears and stuff no, but that's, that's, that's the fear side of it Follow that loving process okay, without the fear. Be careful of bears. No, no, no. But that's the—that's your fear response in your mind. Okay, what about following yeah. the process? That's just, what's kept us alive. But so just, just stick with the the nature, the forgiving nature. You know that feeling. And follow that and expand on that that process. Okay, yeah, but we need to be careful of spiders, snakes, tigers. Can, can, no, but, no, but, no, but can you we see? But can scared. you see? What I'm, can you see what I'm getting at? Um, 
John, like, say, for example, it's respect. Listen, it's listen. about respect yeah. for nature. Yeah, but, but you think, but yeah, that, that sounds good. But like, yeah. for example, what I'm trying to say is like, I'm, I, I fall in love with a woman. Wow. Oh. And then I sit and I look into we're her in eyes. The here. Yeah. I said, okay, we're in forest. Okay. Well, but what I'm trying to say is that you get this experience. This it feels so good, like a sublime mm. experience of beauty, and then you keep. It, observing it becoming present to it and enjoying it and you follow this process and then if you've disrupted by saying oh but it's not great because of pesticides it's not great because not the great weather's because I don't know the <laughs> farmers I don't know do so I don't know you, you're throwing on all these sort of negative fear response uh, thoughts yeah d- distracting thoughts that it sort of disrupts the process do you see what I'm saying and like when you said respect to nature, I liked that. That was like, yeah, I felt that impact. That felt good. It felt this ain't to do with your core there. This ain't coming out, emerging. Yeah, so it's not necessarily fear in a bad way. It's respecting the power of the forces you're around. The power. Yeah. Is that more of a spiritual thing? The way I say it like that. And when I say, well, I feel, that, it makes me feel good. I'm talking about stinging nettles. Yeah. You don't want to get stung by a stinging nettle, do you? So you need to be scared of them. But Just you, a little bit. But you see what I mean? Is that... Right. The way I understand, like, an awakening process, the way, the way I see it... It's not caring that you get stung by stinging nettles. It's, That's it's, it, it's not it? not caring. It's, it's that you're trusting not knowing. There's something mysterious. You're not sure what's happening. And you're trusting it. And it feels good. And, you're, and you don't know what's going to happen next. But then your ego wants to get involved. And, and what makes, makes you want to say, well, wait a minute, you've got to be careful. It's dangerous watch out there could be something around the corner and that disrupts that process and if you and if you're tuned to that good feeling that feeling grows and gets better and better things just work out and i think that's that's what's something to do with the awakening process it's, it's really simplified but i think there's it's something a nice idea that's going on there if you were to do that john just a whole day of just letting it process oh. without letting your judgments or your inner critic coming into it and just letting it process without disrupting it what would yeah. happen throughout your day? Would you have more gratitude, more love? Just probably won't get out good of bed, feeling? to be honest. And, and what would happen then if you didn't get out of bed? I'd probably feel bad. Well, why would you feel bad? Because I've got stuff to do. But then is that your critic telling you you have to do those things? Yeah. That if you're enjoying the experience of being in your bed and you're laying in bed longer, what, what's, what's wrong with that if you can do that, if you've got the freedom to do it? I've got stuff to do. It's one thing I, I, I do like those ideas, but for me, what I do, I need to have the other... The, the negative, the, the fear, the anxious stuff. I need, I, I need to have that a little bit. What the fear and the anxiety pushes you to do things? Just a healthy amount. I'm well, it drives about, you. Yeah, it drives me. It's it, almost like if you have a certain amount of stress or pressure. It gives me ideas. Yeah. It helps me develop. I need, I need a little bit of that. So the struggle actually gives it challenges you to be the best you can be or, or, yeah. or work to the best of your ability because if you know i'm in a creative field let's say today right mm-hmm. so whilst i don't think the tortured soul is the best artist i feel like and i don't definitely don't think of myself as an artist i make films and stuff so i'm working with ideas and arranging ideas so what is an artist then if that's not an artist oh, you just threw me off my flow there <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so I'll just quickly finish. I'll get to that. Sorry. Yeah. So the when you're trying to be creative, you need to have as many sort of critics in your head as you can. You need to be asking questions about how good this is. Could it be better? Could I change it? Could I reword it? Could I redraw it? Could I refilm it? Could I change the angle? That plays perfectly into the, the anxiety that I've just naturally got a high level of, I think. You know what I mean? So by having a lot of anxiety and criticism from all different angles, that makes you highly creative. I wouldn't consider myself highly creative, but I, I try and be as... And to put a lot of energy into yeah. your work. I don't and, wait around and sort of hope for the eure- eureka moment. I, I, I sit down and try and make it happen. Was it one, it's, was it's painful. Was it 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration? Is that you, John? No, no, it's not. It's not. No, no, no. I feel like, um, yeah, smart work's always better than hard work. Hard work won't get you everywhere, but you've got to turn up. That's half of it, just turning up to do it. Is yeah. it a job done, but it's better than a job that's done perfectly that isn't done? Is that, is it? Perfection is the enemy of progress. It's along those mm-hmm. lines. The fear I, I have when I, I, I've just spent ages filming a bunch of interviews so say I've got two hours worth of interviews mm-hmm. and I've got to make a little film out of it that's five, ten minutes long and make it as, as good as it can possibly be. 
So you've got, and I've got no yeah. script to go on. It's a documentary style thing, so I'm just, you know, it's pure fear. So I've like, so got like, no idea where to start, and I know it's going to be really painful going through the whole process. So is that is that the fear of the unknown, or could, yeah. well, you know what's what to expect? I don't know what to expect. But isn't that the most exciting thing? How do you know it's going to be pain? You're confronting what you've got and what you can do with it. So are you saying you're confronting yourself and what you're capable of? Every time you edit a film, like a documentary, you're not just making a f- one film, you're, you're not making a million other films. So you're making one film, but you're not making a million yeah, different films. Yeah, I remember, I remember Hemingway saying something that about his writing. I was like, he said something, um, great writing isn't what you put into a book, it's, it's what you take out. All writing is rewriting, that sort of thing, isn't it? So I'm re re jigging everything, wondering, you know, if I don't put this in, what happens? If I put this in, what happens? If it changes this, change that. I need to have this information here. I need to have information there. Da, 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 da. So there's so many anxieties and uncertainties and possibilities you're carrying that if I go for my everyday life and I'm like, well, yeah, I'll just put that to one side. I'm not going to be as well trained when I come to sit down and try and get something done. So it almost sounds like. Your anxiety is your gift. I wouldn't put it quite like that because it seems a little bit romantic. (laughs) (laughs) But I've forced myself to be comfortable with the pain of making stuff. So it's incredibly painful to make things. And I think that's why a lot of people, they they, um, they don't do any sort of arty thing. So it's so painful to do something creative and put it all together and order it and get it right just to try and be as good as you possibly can at something it's a it's really not, painful not... process because you have to confront how terrible you are at it over and over again and part of it is acknowledging how bad you are at it to get better at it whatever it is that could be cooking or anything really any sort of craft is, is it how bad you are at something or is it how limited you feel in terms of your skill yeah yeah there's a bit of that yeah so you give up or you, you feel like you're not naturally good at this so I won't try and develop but being a human being is all about being limited, isn't it? That you're only limited by what you you can do, and you and, and you've got to accept that. But every time we say, "I'm gonna, I'm not gonna learn to draw" or something like that, we're saying that we're limited. So you feel you want to go beyond that all the time. That's what the what they induce the fear that you want to always better yourself every time, whatever you do. Yeah. That you want to go beyond. It always sounds like you, you want to be almost like Superman almost. I want to be as good at it as I possibly can be because I know that that's, pro- that's the, the thing I'm best at that I've ever done, is making films. That's the thing that I've... That sounds like you work incredibly hard and you're incredibly meticulous in what you do and that you, and that you couldn't possibly give any more. That the amount of pain and self-criticism that you put yourself through, you, 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 could, you couldn't... It's just... I don't know. I'm just getting this image of like... You're, you scrutinise yourself so much that you almost like wipe the slate clean of everything. I don't know, it's hard, I can't explain. It's almost like you're trying to polish, I don't know, a car, I don't know what I'm saying. And then you, you polish it so much that it's left sparkling and... Uh, there's no car left. I've worn it down too much. I, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> if, if, I don't know if you do that, but I, I don't know. No, no, it's a, it's a good result normally, yeah. It sounds like you give it everything. You couldn't give it any more. And then you're giving birth to something. You're, you're actually, it's almost like you almost die in the process of giving birth to your work yeah you've got you've got to give everything you've got and you don't and you don't consider yourself an artist because you can't go back to it that's the thing with films anything like if you're a musician and you've got a song Mm. you record the song but you can always play it differently live can't you it's the same with paintings though isn't it you can't go go back you can't go back to a film oh they did with a meat didn't they did they do a meat okay okay yeah but you know (laughs) what i mean though i can kind of see what you're saying that you want to give everything the best of who you are because that's when you look it. back on it, that's it, and you can't yeah. change it. And th- and that you're going to have to live with that. And are you willing to live with that in an imperfect way? You want to at least say, I gave it everything. They'll always be imperfect. I'm, I'm not going to kid myself. But, th- but then at least I you can, can say, I gave it my best shot. Yeah, exactly, yeah. At that's least it, I yeah. did that. And then you can say, there's no regrets. That um, that Dick Cheney said, to go to go to war with the army you've got, not the one you wish you had. Oh, what, what does that mean in this context, like in relation to... Well, you shouldn't let your limits stop you doing something because you, you'll find out you're less limited than you think. Yeah, I remember someone saying is that you never know what you're capable of until you push yourself. Mm. And maybe maybe that's what maybe that's sometimes what, what some people experience psychosis is is that they push themselves so much that it's almost like something erupts or I don't know. 
it's like you can't tolerate anything more. You go you go beyond what your human capacity can tolerate. Yeah, you're full up. You had enough. You've got to let something out. Yeah, you can't. You've taken it absorb and contain it. Any, you can't batter yourself anymore. Mm. Something's got to give. And then that's why I find it so weird when they call it an illness. So, so what? So what is it? It's a reaction, isn't it? Of course, an illness can be a reaction. But I feel like we're reacting to what we've gone through in our lives a lot more than we are, you know, an, a virus or something or a genetic problem. So it's almost like you're almost saying like it's it's actually like a battle or you're you're facing something and you're striving and you're struggling and coming over trying to overcome adversity and it's a process a journey you're working through something like that rather than an illness you you treat it it goes away it's something you're still going to battle through and you're going to work through it's 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 it's, it's ever going it's something you're always changing developing working through yeah it's a little bit like the world has got like a portaloo and just poured it down your throat and you you're going to throw up aren't you you're just mm-hmm. going to throw up you're gonna, you're gonna. Any, f- anyone would. You're gonna throw up. It's, it's, it's got to come out somehow. Yeah. What do you think? You look puzzled. You puzzled? I'm just trying to work it all out. I'm trying <laughs> to process it all. I'm trying to make connections with other things as well. Because I just had this image of like I don't know, like a river. And then if you build up a dam, the pressure is going to build up against that, and then it's going to burst through. And and that the job of how people work through these experiences is is getting away the obstacles or the sticks or dams that are blocking it and letting the stream just run through that's a much better way to put it than psychosis isn't it yeah and then and then sometimes maybe people might need i don't know sometimes medication to help i don't know slow down the rush of water yeah. now we're talking you treat you put treat like, just like they put fluoride in the water yeah. let's let's put some drugs in the water yeah we were saying that on the last episode actually yeah that's interesting so then it's almost like we're cleansing it or purifying it maybe or yeah. Just slowing it down. You can't really slow down water, can you? Well, I suppose, or you can change its direction, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or dig change different roots. Colour. You can put food colouring in it, right? Yeah. Well, I, well, I remember a friend of mine who had, he, he described, I can't remember exactly what we were talking about, to do a spiritual training, and he was describing about different dyes, red and blue dye, and how they can sort of mix them. Well, I can't remember what it was he was saying exactly, but it's it's quite profound and I, I, I couldn't really understand it but they were saying important. talking about tie dye it was something oh it's something to do with like your essence I, I, maybe it'll probably correct me completely but it's oh, cause I've forgotten my mind's gone blank but like who you are your essence and then there's like there's like this cosmic consciousness or energy like you're a part of the whole and maybe, I'm, maybe I'm just overcomplicating this whole conversation well I suppose when you're talking about the, the water flowing down are like, we whole though are we whole or or are we Fragmented. Well, isn't is that how development works? Is that we're trying to become more unified and more connected? That's that's how we evolve in terms of consciousness and we need a intelligence. Story. So yeah, I think that's what a lot of therapies about, isn't it? Like telling your story, isn't it? And then by telling your story, you know who you are. I think a lot about stories. And and, and are all the great teachers storytellers. I think everyone's a storyteller. Do you want to grill me then? Should we go? You want to grill me? I don't know. I feel pretty wiped out, actually. You're, you're, you're emotionally shattered. I feel I, I feel drained. I think I feel you grilled me a bit, and I thought like bloody hell, I feel a bit ugh a bit. How, and how was the grilling for you then? It's quite full on, and I just tried my best to be honest and be fair to people. I, I don't know if I am or not. You, do you feel like you were fair to yourself? No, it's probably hard on myself because I because I feel. I don't know. I just want to respect people and do the right thing, and I, and I, and you never know if you are. Like you, you're, I'm probably more insecure or more arrogant or not as honest as I'd like to believe I am. And then all you can do is what's best in that moment, and that's all you can do, and hope for the best. <laughs> a lot of best talk. Hope for the best. I'm gone. I'm done. I think. Yeah, I've got nothing else to give. I've tried my best. If really? I, don't, I, don't, I don't know it's probably pretty crap because I, I, I don't feel I feel pretty knackered out I feel kind of fed up sort of depressed the last <laughs> week so I haven't really got I don't know I've got uh, I'm not as much oomph in me maybe if we did this again when I feel good and I'm feeling vibrant uh, exuberant when, lifted I don't know who, who can say I'm sure the moment it will happen and then if you're around and you want to do something we go for it the listeners they're all like oh we want if they, if they want to hear some more of Joe in a more exuberant mood yeah 
I know I'm doing pretty well though. I think. What do you think? Do I seem positive and optimistic still? Is that what you're going for? I thought I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to be me, and I'm trying to. Yeah. I don't know. Do what I can do. There's always something more I can give, but I want, I want to go oh. to. I want to. I want to go to. I want to go to work tomorrow. I need to. I need to save myself for work. You can't leave it all in the dressing room. I've, I've given it a good 70, 80 percent, eighty, eighty-five. Oh. I've tried That's my it. best. I was hoping for a ninety-five. I've got to save some for work. I've got to go. Work. I've got. I've got a five-day working week next this no, next just, week. You can just switch off for that. I can't do that. Why? It's just autopilot. I don't think it is. I think it's done with with, with the heart. I try my best. It's exhausting if I try to do it with an open heart. If you do it with an open heart, you can't give any more because you absorb everything and you give everything. I try my best. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if, if people feel that way. You can only go by what the responses of others are. And I don't know. I'd say I'd like to think. 50-60% maybe a little bit more feel that way in some regards and some people must think I'm just an idiot you know I don't know or think who I'm crap at people? my job who thinks that I don't know just people in, in, in you, you can't go on with everyone can you really no that's what I believe I do and I try my best to actualise I just you're a people did, man yeah people man or people pleaser are you you're a, are you a company man what, what does that mean don't know, just loyal to the brand I, I don't know about that I, I just <laughs> It's it's trying it's trying to do your best in terms of good or difficult circumstances. You can only be you can only do what, what, what's best by you. What feels right. What's a normal day on the ward like then for you? You're you're, you're grilling me now. I thought we were coming to I thought we were coming to an end. Yeah, I'm trying to get to the other side. I was lining you into a full sense of security. Yeah. And how about we how about we, we we leave it? <laughs> I feel like I'm this this animal in the safari. I don't know, like sort of grazing, and then you're sort of like. Go on, have have a little tree, have a little, and then you get your shotgun out or something, yeah. and then shoot me, and then like you're uh, all proud that you've shotgun. got a trophy, you know. I use a tranquilizer. Okay, yeah, fair enough. And I become some sort of rug or something, like I've been skinned. No, no, no. I'd keep, I keep you in a cage. All right, yeah. That's that's how the poetic justice is done, isn't it? So, so, so I'm the bad guy. <laughs> well, is that how you feel? So well, that sounds like you were feeling. You were talking it's about your story. I was just filling in the gaps. Okay. Really? What do you think? Are you sure? I think you do <laughs> sort of move it in certain directions. Yeah. Yeah, I'm making it into a pantomime. It's, it's more fun that way, isn't it? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm out of energy now. You're gone. I'm out of... I'm okay. Gone. Well, we always end the show with uh, words of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we have enough words of wisdom for both of us? Maybe we need some words of stupidity. <laughs> It's only words you, you and words are all I have to do Ah, oh, so you can sing. You? <laughs> You'll sing into the microphone, will you? But you won't. Yep. You won't tell us how you really feel. What, what do you mean, I really feel about what? <laughs> you know, you won't, you're, you're on the you're, fence, aren't you? Trying? You're on the fence. And since we said fence, it's time for you to give us your words of wisdom so we can get out of here. Words of wisdom. Just, just, just for me, just do what feels right. Do your best to do what what feels right, and and you can't and you can't do it. You can't do more than that. That's all you can do. And then reflect on what you do, and try to do 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 better next time. In a critic. Yeah. Not the whole time, but on reflection. Reflection. Reflective practice is very important if you have time to do that. Absolutely. It's very valuable. I don't like mirrors. Not reactive, but reflective responsive responsibility Assertive. the ability to respond oh there's some good buzzwords <laughs> buzzwords yeah, yeah we, we definitely that? we definitely need to stop now if we if i'm doing buzzwords where did you I'm, learn I'm out of energy well where did i learn buzzwords yeah. is that oh, i don't know i'm just picking up little things that i've read from different books and things and i don't want to be like someone who's got their catchphrases and buzzwords we need to we need to finish now i think because I'm just knackered, so I'm using this stuff to. Cause I can't think deeply, so I'm wha- whacked out. What about you? What, do you have anything else to say? Yeah, I'm... I've got words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Just let me summon them. Flies don't always have to fly, even if they're flies. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Joe. Okay, say goodbye, Joe. Oh, come on. Okay, bye. Say it like you really mean it. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You've got to say goodbye. Goodbye? That's a little bit abrupt. So how, how am I supposed to say it? I don't... 
how these things work. Say it like you really mean it. Where's the love? What, what to the people who are listening? Or, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, goodbye. Hmm. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. A bit, can we get a bit of sincerity? I don't know what sincerity... What do you mean? You know, where's the... What heart? Goodbye. You know? What, like Trevor McDonald on the news or... Whoever. You. Your true self. Okay, your true my true, okay, my true self. Okay, okay. Your true goodbye. Okay. Okay, uh, well, I hope um, people can appreciate um, what I've said and if, if anything's not... It's a load of rubbish or they don't agree with it or they do agree with it, just email back or comment on it and I'd love to get back to you and and thanks for making the effort to listen goodbye thank you this has nothing to do with coffee